0: Welcome to See Here Love. I'm your host, Melinda Estabrooks, and I'm so glad you've joined us for our second stop in our coast-to-coast conversation series as we literally go across Canada and hear from everyday women about their life, faith, hope, struggles, and challenges and how Jesus informs their decisions and and how they live life. So glad. Anne, my co-host, is here again with me. Hi, Anne. Hey, Mel. Coming from B.C. Yeah, it's a good old rainy day here in B.C., (laughs) <laughs> surprise, surprise. And <laughs> I right now. It is sunny and gorgeous. And uh, after the show, I'm going to be going out to maybe do some gardening or a great walk. So anyway, is exciting this exciting? That,
1: yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> exciting that we are in Alberta today. Absolutely exciting. This is so, I'm, I can't believe we're here right now with these beautiful women. This I is- know. Okay. So, Anne, favorite experience in Alberta for you? Hands down West Edmonton Mall. So my childhood is Alberta, right? So I had uh, like birthday parties at the, uh, like swimming in the wind pool. I was, I did ice skating classes in the rink in the mall because I was living on the West End. My my little like elementary school had a skating rink in the back of the school and we would go skating right outside. We'd like bundle up from head to toe because it was minus 40. And school kept going you know like there was no school cancellations mm-hmm. so i've got tons of great memories i know
0: i love alberta i actually call it like the awe-inspiring magnificent alberta i would say a couple things and then we're going to hear from our guests but calgary boutique shopping and great restaurants <laughs> oh my goodness some of the best restaurants and shopping that I've ever had in Calgary. Uh, Banff, Jasper, Lake Louise, of course. Beautiful, love just going up there. Uh, The North uh, Saskatchewan River that passes through the city of Edmonton. I think that's stunning how this river goes through Edmonton. I think that's all. It's beautiful. Sherwood Park, love it because I've spoken there. And Three Hills where my cousins are. I mean, I have so much connection with Alberta. So this is so close home with Alberta and I love it. So I'm excited to hear from these incredible women who are Albertans about what they love too. So let's start off, Natasha. Mm -hmm. Lambert, how are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having us. So where are you in Alberta and tell us just a little bit about you.
2: Yeah, um, we are in Calgary. I've been here, uh, living here for eight years. I am uh, from Alberta, though born and raised um, in Fort McMurray, way north. Yeah, where the road ends. That's where <laughs> I'm from. And so you're talking cold. It is cold up there. Uh, but my husband and I, we planted a church here in Calgary um, just over seven and a half years ago. We have four kids. Uh, they're all changing ages right now. It's birthday season, so they're twelve. Ten, eight, and six. Wow! Um, three girls and a boy, and uh, it's fun juggling all of this new season and a little bit of homeschooling and church and pastoring and all of it all together. But we love, we love it here. We like Calgary is the best. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it is. It's, it's always sunny. The sky seems higher here. That's what I always say.
0: Oh, the sky mm. seems higher. I love that. That's beautiful. Mm. Thanks, Natasha. Uh, Karina Kung. Hi, Karina. Hi, Mal. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah. Having uh, yes, all
3: here. Uh, yes, for sure. Tell us a little bit about you and where are you coming in from here? Sure. So like Natasha, I'm from Calgary. I've also been, I'm born and raised in Calgary, believe it or not. So, <laughs> Um, and uh, what I usually am usually doing is I'm, I direct an after-school program and I teach as well the kids. Um, and I also uh, love mentoring. I love uh, just mentoring whether it's kids or youth or uh, young adults, especially girls, young girls, young women. Uh, I live here with my husband, Art, and Evan, and he's 20 already so he goes to University of Calgary and uh, yeah one thing I love about Calgary though is I love the people I have a lot of connections here as well and uh, the thing is too with Calgary it's only the mountains are so close but also we have beautiful parks here so you can go to Fish Creek Park you can go to Confederation Park they're all in the city and you can ride your bike or walk forever And just see the gorgeous nature of Calgary, and you would just think it's core downtown. I like the core downtown Calgary too, with the shopping, and (laughs) but it's the parks as well. So beautiful, Yeah, yeah, amazing. Thanks, Karina. All right, Christine Deb.
4: Hi. Hi, thank you for having me. My name is Christine, I'm coming from Edmonton, Alberta. I was born in Edmonton, uh, but grew up actually in Kelowna, BC. So um, I came back here five years ago. I have two kids, they're adults, 21 and 19 years old. Um, and one of the things or one of the many things I love about Edmonton and Alberta is the sunsets. We get the best sunsets growing up in Kelowna, uh, it's a valley and there's mountains all around us. So I really take advantage of the beauty of that. And I have to agree with Anne, West Edmonton Mall is my favorite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> never get bored. <laughs> I
0: know. I've been there and I'm just like, are you kidding me? And, and Chris, my husband's like, thank goodness there's not one in Ontario. <laughs> He's like, I would never see you. I <laughs> yeah. It's
4: it's dangerous. Yeah. But awesome. yeah, my passion is inspiring people and mentoring people. Um, you know, I've I've found a platform to do that with my current job. I work for Orange Theory Fitness. Um and I lead a team uh with them and it's been amazing. So, that's me. Awesome. Thanks, Christine. Thank you.
0: All right. And Jessica Irwin, hi. Hi, hi, hi Melinda. How are you? Good. So, where Thank are you coming
5: from? And I- you I am Jessica and I am actually in High River which is a little bit further south than Calgary um, I was born actually I was born in High River and then I grew up in Banff so I kind of have a unique story because there's not very many people who can say that <laughs> um, and Banff is just the most beautiful place if you haven't been there you need to go and um, I'm an entrepreneur uh, I started a couple businesses and I also am a mom of two girls uh, one 10 going on 16. <laughs> and the <laughs> two, and the other is seven, and um, I'm a single mom, and so I, uh, I just love watching my girls grow. They're my whole world, and I'm just so thankful for them. But yeah, I love Alberta. I'm, I'm with you on the shopping and the food scene in Calgary. I could go and eat at any of the restaurants there any day of the week. It's just my favorite thing, so.
0: Amazing. Well, I'm so glad that Natasha, Karina, Christine, Jessica, you're here, and Anne, of course, so before we kind of get into the story, I've got some Alberta trivia for you. So here's what's gonna happen, I'm gonna say it, and then you're gonna raise your hand if you know it, and then you're gonna say it and, and, and really have no prize for you, but you just get bragging rights that you know your great province. <laughs> so here we go, first one up. Question, what parkway runs from Lake Louise to Jasper and is considered one of the most beautiful drives in Canada stretching 230 kilometers past lakes, mountains, glaciers, and waterfalls what parkway what is it called anybody know between lake louise to jasper it's considered one of the most beautiful oh oh
5: okay Plus, i sh- i should know this because i up <laughs> there so i'm like racking my brain is it just called the jasper parkway no oh.
0: anybody um okay once i say you're gonna be like oh it's called the Icefields Parkway. Oh, and of course. have never been on it. I've been reading, they say it is the one parkway that everybody must drive, yeah. if, okay. not only if you're in Canada, but in the world. It's like one of those kinds of drives that, you know, around the world, whether it's the Almaty Coast Drive or south of France Drive, the Icefields Parkway is the drive. Hmm. And now you know. Now you know it's called the Icefields Parkway. All right. OK, you guys, you're going to do better. I know. I, can, I was just warming you up. Next. Alberta is named after what princess? Hint: She was the fourth daughter of Queen Victoria. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I don't know any of this. <laughs> no, I'm not. I I feel like we should. I think what? Um, Alberta was her middle name, wasn't it? It's not her first name, is it? Something like that? No. I'm no, sorry. like she's got like three names. Oh gosh. Yeah.
0: All right. No one's getting it, princess. Louise Caroline Alberta. Mm. And she, mm-hmm. um, Lake Louise and Mount Alberta were also named in her honor. And she was married to John Campbell, who was the governor general of Canada between 1878 and 83. All right, well. Who knew? Uh, now you know, it's, it's good, okay. <laughs> Let's try this one, you might get this one. According to the Guinness World Records, oh, you guys will definitely get this. The world's largest parking lot is located in Alberta. Where is it? And how many vehicles can it hold? Edmonton Mall. Oh, yeah. West Edmonton Mall. But how many vehicles can it hold plus overflow? Mm. I know. The world's largest parking lot. Take a guess. How many cars can the West Edmonton Mall hold? 10,000. More. (laughs) What? I know. 10,000, Natasha, was the overflow. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) So, okay, I'll let you know. The West Edmonton Mall parking lot can hold 20,000 vehicles. Wow, 20, can you imagine the, the snow removal for that? I know, 20,000 vehicles plus just in case they're full, they have 10,000 more spots in overflow. <laughs> wow. So that's just some good trivia. Okay, I'm gonna keep going. Two more questions you guys, here we go. Alberta is the only Blake Free zone in North America with millions spent every year for very sophisticated monitoring and trapping system to keep the blanks out of the province.
2: Well, we don't have any provincial sales tax. Is that what it is? <laughs> no,
0: but that's a good one.
1: <laughs> I'm like a creature, like a, like a rodent.
0: Is it uh, a rodent? No, wow. it's actually something that I actually detest. And I want to move to Alberta because you don't have these things. Is it rats? Yes, Karina. is mm. <laughs> <Alberta's laughs> the only rat-free zone in North America. <laughs> wow. I had no idea. You do not have rats <laughs> in your province. Thank goodness. It's shocking. I had no idea. Anna's howling. She's like, what? this <laughs> stuff. No, I'm not even joking. I'm like, there really are no rats. And it says... That they have this massive, like, sophisticated system you guys have in Alberta to keep them out. I, right. I just thought it was to keep the taxes out so we could <laughs> spend more money.
5: <laughs> more like
0: that, That's amazing. Okay, and then finally, this is it. I think you guys should know this. Alberta's official flower is the wild, wild rose. rose. Okay, we ended with one that... Yay! Audience... Yay! Okay, that was... That was... Wow. I mean, I'm encouraging you guys. It was, it was good. You, you knew something, (laughs) but I mean, who knew no rats, largest parking lot, right? Like, I mean, those are significant things for, for your province. So anyway, I just wanted to say good job. And I was fascinated by Alberta. And so I think it's, those are hilarious, but anyway, we're not going to transition. I thought that'd be some fun things because we're really here to hear your story. You know, as women who are from Alberta, I mean, you've, you've lived there, you've grown up there, you've been sort of transplanted over, uh, you all have some very unique stories that I know that our viewers and listeners are going to really resonate with. And so I want to start off um, in, in, with Natasha and Jessica. And so Anne, I'm going to kind of hand it over to you because I think you have some good questions for
1: Natasha today. Yeah, Natasha, Hi. it's been good to, to meet you finally. Um, mm-hmm. I know that you're a pastor and that you're ministering to people during this time, which is a super unique time to mm-hmm. figure out church and all of that mm-hmm. good stuff because we're not in the a, a physical building and you're taking care of all these people um, and your family and your homeschooling and, 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 you know, like this, there's like so many layers to this. How do you take care of yourself? How do you ensure you have like self care and mm-hmm. health and you are taking care of you right now?
2: Yeah. Well, you know, um, I'm just making sure I'm muted. I'm okay, good. Um, I, I, th- I think that's a huge question. And I think that um, even in this season has revealed more about how I don't have that figured out mm-hmm. than anything. I think that when um, COVID hit for everyone across the country, um, it it was uh, in the world. Um, it it hit us all really fast with zero time to process, um, necess- like necessarily. And so I w- I realized how you do have the demands on you, whatever your job is. If it, if it's mom, wife, pastor, a business owner, entrepreneur, um, you have responsibilities. And no matter what, it's kind of like uh when you have a bad day uh and you're home with your kids and somebody has to feed them still and and you're like, oh wait, that's me. Um and so I realized that actually like I, I don't think I had in place parameters or proper parameters of how to care for myself first and and how you you um like we all had to pivot and pivot quickly because people were looking to us for guidance and leadership and answers. I mean, for us, um, we had we're a church that has three campuses and we were we were uh, about to open our brand new facility on March twenty second. It was like our dream, uh, our permanent building finally. And you know, March fifteenth, we get hey, everything's gonna be shut down. And so you just kind of had a white knuckle, um, grab on adrenaline kicks in, we're going for the ride, no matter what. And I think that even especially for, for church leaders, we had like COVID, but then there was Easter, and there was just thing after thing, like right away. But then once that passed, I realized like, oh, wait a second, I don't think I allowed myself to really feel and process. And I started to feel actually like I was Drowning or suffocating and not being able—like, how can you lead out of a place that you're not quite healthy, or you haven't allowed yourself the space to process it? And so, I think for me, what I've been learning that would certainly magnified in this season, especially, is that there has to be um, a godly order. Like I said, I have I have four kids, and I've realized through through raising them that. Sometimes the loudest one isn't necessarily the one that needs me the most. They're just the one that's getting my attention. And so the one who's acting out or whining at me or crying a lot. Uh, and, and I have wonderful children if they're watching. <laughs> uh, they're, they're not always like that. But sometimes the loudest thing gets our attention where the the quieter things or the things that aren't like at us um, might need a little extra love. And so I, I struggle to use the word balance. Um, I really think that I, I desperately have to go to God daily, uh, even like hourly. What needs my attention right now? And and because I am only one person, and yeah, my hands are in a lot of things, and I, I wear different hats in different seasons, um, I can't do it all. And so I think that that's where I begin to... Um, Think better, and that that's where self care comes in. Is like just surrendering the fact that like I'm not gonna be able to do it all. I can't do it all. Something will suffer, but um, I think there can be a godly order that God can give us wisdom and discernment daily, hourly, by the minute. Uh, what what needs my attention? What needs my energy right now? And therefore, then I feel like things aren't dictating me. Uh, in my emotions aren't the one that the steering wheel either. And, um, and, and that way I feel like I, it, things are out of control, but I can regain a little bit of control if that makes sense when it's like, okay, I feel like God wants me to put my hands to this right now. I'm going to focus my attention there and, and not worry about X, Y, Z. That might be loud, but might not be where God wants me to put my efforts right now. If that makes sense. That's kind of what I've been working through.
1: And what's the message that God's been putting on your heart? Because I know as someone who shares the word often too, like there's just a message. You're learning about who he is. And so is there something that's been like a whisper that he has constantly been like sharing with you, with your heart?
2: I I think that um, a lot of like this has caused me to practice what I preach we, we always like to, you know, we say things that kind of come across as, across as like Christian cliche at times, but like, well, God, you know, all things work together for good. And even though it's scripture, it it, it sounds like, okay, yeah, you just read that on a Hallmark card or that's like, okay, that's really nice to say, but I'm in the middle of something right now and I'm not feeling it right now. And I think that I uh, what um what has been birthed in this journey is um the fact that like, one thing can be happening in reality, or what we're seeing, whether it's on social media or in the news or in our faces, that uh, just our just you know what you go home to. But God is doing something behind the scenes, and He can, he can be working out a story that we don't quite get to see quite yet. And uh, right now at, at our church, uh, we're in a, in a series of messages called I Like Big Butts and Other Conjunctions. <laughs> <laughs> and uh it's b-u-t-s it's not yes. double t and but it's because there's so many spots in the bible where there's a but god moment and uh, and i i was o- awakened to it and it actually it was my idea to to name it that so it's okay it's not my husband's creative thing so he can blame me um but because in esther chapter nine verse one there's a moment when the, the the law goes out that all the Jews are going to be wiped out. And then the other law comes out on the same day. And it says on this day, the enemies of the Jews had hoped to overpower them. But now the tables were turned. And I feel like the story in, in this season is, hey, everybody, like, there can be a lot of crazy going on and a lot of unknowns and a lot of overwhelming panicking moments personally, but the tables will turn and just as quickly as things shut down uh, and whatever reason, all that had to happen, but God can do something and birth something and breathe something miraculous in this season. And so that's, that's kind of what I'm feeling. All those, but God moments and I, and we're hearing those testimonies. And uh, I'm excited to hear more of that from this
0: season. Yeah that's great. Natasha, thank you. yeah and yeah, it's good. Thanks for pulling that out. I love that what's God whispering to you. Thank you so much. Jessica. yeah Wow. so as an entrepreneur, single mom, how do you how do you deal with so the demands and responsibility with, with, with two things that demand a lot of our emotional physical spiritual energy? Um, for the viewers and listeners who are single parent, women and men, um, I think you'll have a lot to say in that. So how do you do that in, in the best way that you can um, with both?
5: Right. That's a really good question. And it actually is something that I've really considered over the last little while, especially with, um, with COVID. Um, to be honest, it, a lot of it isn't even my own strength. Um, the first thing, I, I know it sounds cliche, but first things first is that God has to be my helper in it. And um, if he isn't, then I'm stumbling to do everything on my own. And it just never works out <laughs> the way that I want it to. But another big part of it is um, the people who I surround myself with. I have a lot of really good help and support. And um, I think in these t- in times especially like this or with managing a family and a business, it's important to have good, a good team uh, and cheerleaders, people who can see things outside of how you see your current situations or circumstances. And so that for me has been really key, having um, a really good, I call it my tribe. And I, it's just true. It's just the women who have come around me and uh, lifted me up, helped me to see things beyond what I could even see. Um, God's been really teaching me about dreaming. And um, I think that especially as single parents, we put ourselves in a box of, maybe not seeing things beyond our circumstances. So God has just been teaching me to look beyond and it helps to have people around me who can uh, speak things into me or to tell me what they see in me, because sometimes it feels really limited as an entrepreneur and as a single parent. So,
0: Wow. I love that. So you've yeah. got your tribe, you know yes. it's your own strength. And I love that. Um, as a single parent, I think wow, what would you say is really important for us as people who are not single parents should know? How can we best support this whole sort of people group of of across North America, Canada, the world that are single parents? What would you say, Jessica? Like, how can I
5: help and support you? I think the first thing would be to uh, not limit us in... Um, just because of our circumstances. I think that a big part of it is to, yes, we have all these demands and these things that we're doing on our own, but that doesn't limit us in our ability to walk out what God has for us. So ask people, uh, ask single parents um, to help, ask them when there's opportunities to serve, Uh, be looking for those things for them too, because sometimes because we're so busy and because our minds are so focused and because sometimes we feel alone, uh, we have a hard time seeing outside of that. And so help us with that. Tell us when there's somewhere to serve. Or um, like it, for me, it's been a lot of times people telling me like, there's this opportunity for you, Jessica. What do you think about this? And and from, it allows me the opportunity to say yes. So I think that's the biggest thing. Help us see the opportunities there are to say yes to things that we normally wouldn't on our own. That's amazing
0: because that really kind of reframes and changes the way Honestly, Jessica, I would think, because I'm thinking, I would say, you're a single parent, I put that label on you, and then assume that you're too busy, overwhelmed, and that you couldn't do anything. So then I would then yeah. not ask you, based on things that I actually, I don't know, and what you're saying is completely I haven't heard that is different than what I have assumed.
5: Yeah, I think that um, for me, I've been so lucky, like I said, because of the women that I've, I have around me and even um, the people like that are really close in my life, my boyfriend, my family, they've really encouraged me to step outside of, of what I see on my own. Mm-hmm. And so when we allow other people to come in and, and show us what they see in us, especially as a single parent, it, it really helps to uh, promote us to spaces and places that we wouldn't be able to see on our own. That's amazing. Beautiful. Thank you for that. That was really
0: encouraging and so good for us to hear. Thank you. Yeah. Well, we're going to take now a quick break. And when we come back, Christine and Karina are going to share their incredible stories. Uh, And we're going to be hearing from Ann Miranda. She shares a special devotional for
4: Alberta. Stay with us. Check out the See Here Love podcast and get the backstory. Get the inside scoop on real issues and real answers on common challenges we all face in relationships and in life. Find See Here Love on Apple Podcasts.
0: Hi, I'm Melinda Host and Executive Producer of See Here Love, and I hope you are enjoying our conversation today. Well, you may not realize that See Here Love is made possible by the support of viewers and listeners like you. So, would you please consider becoming a monthly donor? Any gift goes a long way in helping us build a community of women and men who talk about real issues and struggles as we navigate our faith together. Well, please go to seeherelove.com now and click on the big purple donate button. Thanks so much. Start your week off with me in your inbox. Sign up for our weekly newsletter today for exclusive content of See Here Love blogs, behind-the-scenes footage, and access to giveaways you'll love. Sign up today and let's start our week together. With uh, our second stop across Canada and our coast-to-coast conversations, I'm here with co-host Anne Miranda, pastor. Oh, I forgot to say this in the beginning. I was supposed to introduce you. Pastor, podcaster, and skateboarder. I saw your Instagram post. Did you... Were you skateboarding? And doing a dance thing? I I'm thought I saw you. On my skateboard. Come on. Yeah, doing this and, and I, was I was a new have, Olympic sport of swim skating. Guys, I, I,
1: I was just trying.
0: <laughs> I, know, but I was like, "Hey!" But isn't that neat how I said like "pastor," "podcaster," "skateboarder"? Like, I was trying to be really creative. Anyway, I was really impressed by that when I saw that on your Instagram. So I'm so <laughs> glad you're with us. We maybe we should do another show where we're like just skating across. Canada, right. yeah, a whole. I'm sure, I'm
1: going to need some bandages if that's.
0: Gonna happen. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> awesome, Karina, Karina, I'm so glad that you are here too. Uh, for many of you don't know, but actually, Karina and her husband Art were really pivotal in my my journey of faith. I came to them, um, pretty broken girl in my late teens, and went on a mission trip with them, and they just spoke so much love and grace over me and. It literally changed the trajectory of my life. And I thank them a lot, but every time I, like, I didn't know I was going to get emotional, Karina, but Mm. uh, we've never done this on a show. And so it's just so beautiful that you're here. And so thankful Mm. for you and Art in my life at that time. Mm. Um, So Karina, you're a fourth generation Chinese Canadian. And I know that your story has a lot of expectations from others and yourself and identity. I want to talk about that. Because I know there's a lot of people who will relate to your the
3: struggle with expectations of how you are to be. I think growing up, and uh, I absolutely love my parents, um, but they also just the way that they grew up as well. There was just you had to work hard. There was expectations. You need to be that you know the lawyer, doctor, high achiever. Awesome in math, which I was never good at math. I never did the stereotype of Asian, you know. um, And so that was always a struggle for me of not being good enough, uh, struggling with my identity. So even though I tried so hard in school or I tried to do certain things in my life to meet, to measure up or to be enough, it was never enough. So, you know, um, I actually got through university and, and but that was such a struggle even to get to become a, a teacher. So I always had struggle learning. Um, even the way I looked or my body image, there was always that struggle always in my life. And so on the outside, I may have looked altogether. Um, yeah. Even YWAM, I was in youth with a mission for over, I don't know, 12 years doing ministry, uh, you know, teaching. I've done a lot of things in my life, but it never was enough. I, that's what I felt because I was trying to earn God's favor and earns God's love. Even though you, I've heard the message always, you know, well, God loves you as you are, but inside I still never comprehended or believed that. And um, <clears throat> so it's been a journey in that. Uh, just finding God's grace and who I am. So I realized what I do, whether it was ministering in youth with a mission or teaching or directing, um, that cannot be my identity or attached it. So in October, which is funny, I felt I had a hiatus and I had to, I had to go on medical leave and I'm like, what? I'm on medical leave. Um, and I'm so used to being so busy and having a lot on my plate and serving. I'm like, now what? I'm not, you know, my son's all grown up. We, he was so involved in hockey. He's now 20. So it's, it's, he's at a different stage in his life. I'm, you know, I'm not managed. Minister- I'm at home. And especially now with COVID, I'm not supposed to even really go out in crowds or shopping. So now what, God? Like I'm not as busy, I'm not, so where's my identity now? Mm. What am I, (laughs) right? So in that, um, it's like I'm resetting. So even though I haven't been working since October, and now, even now, even if I was better to go back to work, I can't because it's shut down, because we work with children, and I work in a I I do a after school program with the church, but the church can't open and do ministry, right? That's that's a new change. So yeah, but it's connecting and just saying, okay, hey God, what what is it then? Who who am I without with not being a hundred percent well and I'm not doing what I usually do? Where is my worth? And it's like it doesn't matter. You are worthy now. I love you now. And even though I'm not 100% well, God has still been able to use whatever my encouragements or words. And it's, it's just like Natasha was saying. It's like, what is it that you want me to do now? What is it today or what is it this hour that you want me to do? It's, even though I'm not well and I can't go out and do the same things that I'm doing, is there someone I can text or email or encourage or whatever that looks like? And, um, you know, God has still, in spite of me not being able to do my normal things that I'm used to doing, God has still opened doors for me. Yeah. And it's like, what? Okay. <laughs> you know, just, yeah, it's just been amazing. And the one thing I see hope in is that He still continues to ask me. To be fat, which is something we what? talked about <laughs> in Youth with the Mission, is continue to be faithful, continue to be available, and teachable. I'm like, okay. Got okay, it. I can get behind that. Karina. Okay, okay. I can get that
0: fast. Okay. <laughs> faithful. Um, what was it? Faithful and with Availa- available. Available, teachable. It's good. Yeah.
3: yeah.
0: And so that's sort of what you're saying now is that. In that, as we're working through people, family, of origin expectations, your own expectations, cultural expectations, that you are valued even if you can't do anything, God still looks at you and loves you. Right. And in that, though, you, you want to work at being fat in the way of being always faithful, available, and teachable to what God is saying and speaking to you. Right, yeah. That's amazing. That is really profound. Well, listen, even it's amazing, I will say this, even when you were feeling that way, isn't amazing God use you and art to still continue to speak into my life in such powerful, profound ways that changed mm. my life. Because you know that, Karina, and I, and, I, and I say this, I was not at a place where I didn't know if I was going to be following Jesus mm. in that new season. And it was like, I, was, I felt like I needed to go on this mission trip, and God put us together. Mm-hmm. And in your words and friendship, it changed my life. And so isn't that amazing? When you don't even feel like you're equipped or ready or yeah. you feel like a fraud, God will say, great, because it's not about you. It's about me. And then I'll use you. <laughs> so right. it's yeah. amazing, Karina. Thank you so much. That's so, so beautiful and so encouraging. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I
1: think it's super interesting that how God can bring people into our lives. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it's through ministry relationships. Sometimes it's friends that he puts in our lives that, you know, help us change directions mm-hmm. or a mentor. And, uh, for me, I, I'm always astounded by family. Those are the ones you don't really have control over that just, you know, you're born into a certain family. And so surprise for us today, Christine is actually my cousin. Oh. She's my little cousin. <laughs> and so I've known her her whole life. So Christine, you have to unmute now cause I want to dive into your story a little bit. And you've had some hardships too, some challenges. I think this is probably gonna be the most emotional show for Mel and I. Like, people are super close to us that we're, uh, we know, we know, like, I know you, Christine. I've known you since your childhood. And then uh, we both had babies and your auntie to my kids, and, and just so, we're so involved in each other's lives. And so the first time you were diagnosed with cancer, was when you're 28 years old. And we, we you know, we all went through that journey. It's like one person is diagnosed, but you're going through this together as a family in some way and everyone responds differently. And that was a challenge in itself and in its season. And then God in his mercy, he gave you the strength and you overcame. And here we are 10 years later and you have a second diagnosis. Um, and no one really knows what to say so when you called me up and told me this, I can relate to all those people that don't know what to say. When your relative or your friend gets that diagnosis and you're like, how am I gonna, what am I gonna tell you right now? Like, what do I say? And so your our conversation went, basically you said, look, I'm living with this incurable cancer. The doctors don't know what to tell me and what to say. There is no hope. There's nothing, there's nothing they can do. Um, Tell our listeners how you responded to that news, because it was very different than what I thought you were (laughs) going (laughs) to say.
4: Yeah, so this, you know, after going through it the first time, I'm not going to lie, I I definitely was like, I'm done with it. I've done all the the treatments. It's never coming back. And I kind of went on with life. Um, and never really even talked about the fact that I had the cancer just because it was an awful experience and i didn't want to go through it again or even talk about it um when i got diagnosed the second time which was november of last year it hit me really really hard and i think a part of that was because i just put it behind me and thought it was behind me um so i I felt like i was i was hit by a bus and uh, i was lost and i you know the first couple weeks i remember just the whole world was kind of spinning and and this one thing, that the words that kept speaking to me were to choose faith over fear. And it was so hard because in the beginning I was so angry that this was happening to me again and I was trying to find answers as to why this was happening. Um, but the more I chose faith, the- in a moment of fear, it got me through every scan, uh, every biopsy, every blood test, and, and every surgery that I had in the past. And you know, it was moments of fear that um, there's so much fear around just the word cancer. You know, it's it's the worst diagnosis, one of the worst. Um, but when you you kind of just step out of that fear and that feeling and you really just let faith take over it's amazing I mean there's so many people that comment on um, how am I so relaxed in in a moment where I have an incurable stage four cancer um, and you know as you said the cancer clinic doesn't give you much hope and my calmness comes because I'm following the path of faith and God's been doing such incredible work in my life
1: so, what would you say to those people that are that just received a diagnosis? Because for sure, there are people that are listening, or and they've received some bad news from the doctor. What would be your your advice to them right now?
4: I mean, first, I would say I I completely understand the roller coaster that they're on right now. Um, and I think the the best thing I can honestly say is spend a lot of time in prayer and seek God in a moment like this, Um, it is just incredible the things that come out of that. Um, And, you know, for me personally, life just got so busy um, before this current diagnosis that I wasn't making enough time to spend in prayer and and really seek God. And it isn't that I lost faith, but it's just that life was so busy and it was always, you know, go, 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 and then I'm exhausted, and, and I just wasn't making the time for it. But when I started to make the time for it, and I really started to meditate and spend time with Jesus, I, I honestly have no fear at all, and it's and people think I'm crazy. <laughs>
1: I I can testify, I've seen you in those medical rooms we've been in some of those situations together and she's like praying and praising God And, and we even went to church and I remember you said, look, I got two anthem songs and I have these two songs they have been my like, just oxygen to me and we walk into the church and they sing those first two songs of course we're in like a mess we are in a puddle at that point but there are these moments where God is like I'm with you, I hear you I see you. I am with you. And he keeps on reaffirming that. Now, I would love to hear your advice for those of us that are the friend who who we want to support and love well. What do you say to those people? Because it feels like we always say the wrong things. Mm-hmm. And so what would you want to hear? Or what would,
4: how would you receive that love and support? For me, I would say, um, like, the biggest support to- – especially the second time around was when people gave me their time and their prayers, you know, um, people were asking me the same thing, you know, can we bring over food and can we bring you a book and, and truthfully just them coming and spending time with me in a moment where I guess in a way it was distracting, but at the same time, having people here with me, praying with me, praying on me, loving on me, um, it helped so much. I remember, you know, I got the news middle of November and from November till about Christmas time, uh, my house was never empty. And it, it was so beautiful to see the amount of love that got poured on me. And it really helped in that time. So I would say time and prayer are, uh, you know, it's, it's something it, it doesn't cost anything, but it means the world. Yeah, that's just so incredible. You've been
1: really intentional to choose joy through your trials and uh, just this season of extreme challenges. And how have you done that? What's a tip that you can give us as we close off today on how to choose joy intentionally?
4: For for me, I would say that the choice is in within each one of us. We can choose sadness and fear, um, but it'll make this type of season twice as hard. Or we can choose joy, and we can lean on God, and incredible things start to happen. Um, and I've seen it in my own life. So I would say choose joy and choose faith and choose God uh, because I-, I couldn't imagine going through what I'm going through right now and not having those as the foundation of my fight. I'm so proud of you. I love you. Mel, this is just
0: a- <laughs> I love I that. Blast. I love you. We, love- <laughs> we got family. We got new friends, girlfriends. Uh, I need to thank all of you. Uh, you know, Natasha, Karina, Jessica, Christine – you know, I'm listening to you all, you know, it faith over fear, but God, being faithful, available, teachable, fat, choosing joy, resetting, needing your tribe. These are all things that every woman that I know needs. And there's these choices that we have to make. But what I'm hearing underlying all of this is that we can't do this without God. God, our tribe, prayer, it's this we need people. We need God. We need to be intentional about our time spent talking with Him, communicating with Him. And I think ladies, what a great encouragement uh, as you shared your story and what you're going through. Uh, so inspirational and so much learning. Like I've, I've taken notes, you know, of what you're saying because even though I've been doing this for a long time, there's always new things uh, that I hear them. Like those are really good learnings and I, you had so much as you shared. Thank you. Thank you so, so much. And I know that you have a special devotional for us and for the women, men in Alberta. Why don't you share what God has really placed on your heart? For today.
1: Yeah, I mean, Alberta is such a special place for for me personally. So many of my family members have uh, made Alberta home as new immigrants to this country, and so I uh, really admire um, just the progress that has been made in Alberta. Look, I, I was studying through the Old Testament recently, and and this word came as a word for Alberta, and it was interesting because theologians agree about the Old Testament, specifically Deuteronomy, that it's resoundingly clear uh, God shows his love for his people by redeeming them, and then making them his own, so giving Him, giving them their his identity, and then giving them a good land. And it seems to be this pattern in the Old Testament, and God has this enduring, steadfast love, remains so faithful. He's that Jehovah Jireh, God provider. And uh, it describes like this land. Again, eventually they conquer land. They experience freedom. Yet there's challenges and there's trials. There's in Deuteronomy, there's second in, you know commandments that are given to God's people. But Yahweh continues to redeem his people and give them a bountiful land. And so as I read um, Deuteronomy chapter 8, There was just so many um, similarities in applying it to Alberta. So if you read that with me, it says, and I've got like every version open right now, guys. I've got the ESB and the NLT and the NIV and the message and everything. So I'm just going to run through this. Um, I've got NLT right now. Be careful to obey all the commands I'm giving you today. Then you'll live and multiply and you'll enter and occupy the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors. So right off the bat, he's saying, you know but god right just right off the right off the bat be careful i've got these commandments for you to obey and then as you obey them i'm going to you know multiply for you. You're going to occupy this land. And then he reminds them the journey of the challenges that they have been on. And he goes through like six verses of reminding them all the times he's been there, so faithful to them. And then he lands on verse uh, 7, to twelve and describes this beautiful bountiful land for the Lord your God's bringing you into a new land of flowing streams and pools of waters with fountains and springs that gush out in the valleys and hills. It's a land of wheat and barley, grape figs, grapevines, fig trees, pomegranates, the olive oil, honey. We could land on every single one of those words and unpack them because that's what I love to do. But we don't have time. So this land is. Full of food, it's plentiful. And you know what? This is a fun fact Alberta has been the center of resource for Canada, the entire nation. It is a fruitful land, it's a land known for wheat and oil, it's a land that provides for the country. Is that just like, let that settle on us for a second here. Even on the coat of arms, on the provincial, the provincial motto is strong and free. It references the national anthem because God created. That land—it's like a, a metaphor that this land is going to be strong. Alberta is going to be free, and it's going to provide. And so, my prayer, truly, for the the province, is verse eighteen of that same chapter, um, uh, chapter eight, which is seeing God in all of His might and all of His provision. Remember the Lord your God; He's the one who gives you power to be successful in order to fulfill the covenant he confirmed to your ancestors with an oath. It's like, remember him. And the word Lord there is child. It's this God, Um, Who is strong? Who is efficient? Who is wealthy? Who is powerful, leading an army? It's acknowledging the Lord uh, to be even mightier, because that's kind of that's the reciprocation of the Lord. He's reciprocating. Hey, I'm mighty. Well, I'm I'm giving you my might. I'm giving you my strength. I'm giving you my my wealth. I'm giving you who I am. I'm embedding that in you. And so I pray that for Alberta that as we experience God and all of his power and for our personal lives, you know, we we've lived this out, this, this challenging times, these trials that we're not just in love with the gifts that we receive, but with the giver. And because of that, our relationship are, is, is prompted to like draw closer and more intimate with him. Amen. Wow. Mm-hmm. Preach it. Preach it girl. Thank you, Anne.
0: Well, in light of that, I want to hear so some last takeaway thoughts from our guests, your encouragement to women in Alberta and to the rest of Canada. What would you say as sort of a takeaway from our time together that you want to say to the women in Alberta and to us? Let's start with you, uh, Jessica. Um, what would you say, and whether uh, single single parents or whatever, you know, whoever, what would you say yeah. to them as an encouragement?
5: I think that it's really important right now. Um, it- thanks so much. Like I'm like sitting here, like so touched by everyone's words that they spoke to, but when the faith over fear is so important. And I also think it's important to really allow yourself to let God speak to you. Uh, in this time, it's a quieter time where there's lots of stuff going on, but there's still pockets of space for us to hear from him and to just dream bigger, be open to, to God speaking new things into you and new opportunities and new hopes and new Just new things in this time. That's my encouragement. Thank you, Jessica, it's
0: beautiful. Mm -hmm. Karina, your encouragement uh, to people maybe who are just sort of struggling with the reset or value,
3: what would you say to them? I would say that to, you know, despite what we're going through now in COVID, um, yeah, just to embrace what God's doing. And um, it is difficult to change. But it is, again, like we were talking about, like, God, I'm just available to whatever you have to say and being faithful to him. And I want to learn. God, what is it? Because I know now with the COVID, it's like I got to learn new things as well. Mm-hmm. Um, just even in my job or however that will look when I go back, I know things are going to change. But it's like Christine said, it's like, yeah, we don't need to be fearful I can give that to you, my worries, my concerns. I have to change certain things, but I want to be faithful. I want to be available to you and I want to be teachable. Amazing, thank you Karina so much. Christine, your
4: encouragement to the women of Alberta. I would say, um, aside from the faith over fear, uh, continue to see God uh, in this time, lean on him. Um, and one thing that I'm practicing a lot lately is just simplifying my life and living in simplicity. You know, I think one takeaway from everything that's happened over the last few months during this uh, pandemic is really opening our eyes to the things that we do need and the things we, we want and there's a big difference there um so i think a big big word of encouragement for me is is focus on simplicity because uh there's so many good things that come out of that
0: wow thank
4: you christine
0: natasha your final thoughts and takeaway
2: yeah i just think um i'm challenge- don't disqualify yourself from the but god moments he it, it's all in scripture and we're hearing testimonies of those but God moments, even your story, Melinda, and how God intervened in your life with Karina. Um, be on the lookout. Don't disqualify yourself. Uh, don't get used to uh, being isolated. Be the women that you wish you had in your life. And uh, for some of the introverts, were like loving, not having to go out. <laughs> don't let that become... Uh, you're normal because there are people who really need you in their world in the same way that we've all needed each other. And so, uh, yeah, I think that's just a challenge. Don't disqualify yourself. Be the woman that you wish you had in your life right now and moving forward.
0: Beautiful. I'm feeling quite emotional, actually. There's, mm. there's a lot of just the depth of your sharing and, and just hearing just a little bit. You hear the struggle, Mm-hmm. And you hear the pain and the loneliness that you all have gone through it at some point and myself and Anne, And I think it's just beautiful, this sisterhood that when we're eyes on Jesus, we can get through, we will get through, we choose joy. It's beautiful. And I want to end with this. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't going to say that. But you know, we always love looking at a province and seeing what's really distinct. And as Anne was saying, about, like, you are sort of like this hub of resources for Canada, we can't be without you, Alberta. But I was looking into your official flower, the wild rose. And I was reading about it, because I think it's just so stunning. And actually after after hearing your stories today, it makes so much sense that you're wild roses in that when I was reading about it, you know, in our first peoples in the time they would use roses, the roots would be ointment for sore eyes. The plant itself would be used for arrows for food and protection. Wild roses are high in vitamin C, antioxidants. They make tea. They treat scurvy. You put them in baked goods. They are valuable because they're a source of food for insects and our bees, they're fragrant, they're colorful, and they don't require much assistance to grow once established, meaning they can grow in sun and in shade. They're resilient. They are strong, bright, and essential to the ecosystem, to the way things work, just like you, Natasha, Karina, Christine, Jessica, and Anne, just like you, like a wild rose, you are needed, you bring color and life to the world. And so I wanted to encourage you all that that's how God sees you, that's who you are planted wherever you are in Alberta, mm. to be that fragrance, that beauty, that strength, that life-giving woman that God has created you to be. And what's funny is I started singing Wild Roses, like I had a song, but then I realized, I think it was a Gavin song called Wild Horses, so I forget <laughs> it. <laughs> if you know the song and maybe that dainty wild nope it's wild horses but I'll sing that to you later I'll make up a song for you But I just wanted to encourage you so much Mm -hmm. and thank you, all of you, Natasha, Karina, Jessica, Christina, and Anne for your time, your presence, and for your lives. So appreciate you and the influence that you're having in Alberta. Mm -hmm. So for more information about these amazing guests, for resources, blogs, and bios, go to seeherelove.com. And as we finish every show, just like the sign behind me, know that today and in the days ahead, you are seen You are heard and you are deeply loved by God. And don't forget, you are a wild rose.